Hey y'all, thanks for tuning in to the Marissa Says Podcast, where we work to normalize learning while fostering healthy and sometimes difficult discussions. This week's episode starts right now. So welcome back, folks. I hope you are all doing well. And here is this week's positive affirmation. I look exactly the way I am supposed to. I know this to be true because this is the way the universe prepared me for the greatness that is to come. With the holiday season, like, you know, riling up, depending on where uh, you're listening and tuning in from. You might already be in the middle of your holiday season, but I know especially with this like semi-post living with COVID um, era that we're in, folks might be gathering again and folks might be having uh, those loved ones over or just hosting events again. And at least in my experience, I know around the holidays is when uh, folks, candidly, especially in like the black and like West Indian community is when folks think that it is appropriate to let you know how different you look, how much weight you might have gained, how your skin might look different, how your hair might not be what they expected it to be, and all that. So I know for some folks, myself included, uh, around the holidays, a little bit of anxiety can can um, surface in that we are almost anticipating what critique we're going to get alongside the well wishes, which is like wild to me. But that said, I just wanted to I thought Nala barked. I don't think she did. Okay. I just wanted to really remind folks that your body is like your constant. Your body is always there and it's dynamic in that it's always changing. It's always adapting to whatever you're going through, whether that's professionally, physically, mentally, it's always there and adjusting and making sure that it can essentially keep you alive. So you look exactly how you are supposed to look. That said, it's time for us to talk about what is on repeat this week. And I finally listened to Adele's album, 30. Honestly, amazing. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything but amazing from a tourist woman, but I, you know, I might be a little biased or something when it comes to that. But it is amazing. Unfortunately, I had to listen to it in two listens. Uh, Like I was going somewhere so I had to listen to the first half driving the second half driving back amazing but I still want to listen to it again so I can literally just sit with the whole project in one sitting and yeah it's interesting because this album I know everyone said they were like crying and all that stuff yes I got teary-eyed at some point but one thing that it also did for me was I think it just solidified that hey (laughs) I'm accepting that I'm a full adult and I have commenced the transformation into my parents because music doesn't hit like it used to. I don't think this new age like rap and like just music and this era of like where people are saying, oh, I'm having fun with music. I'm having fun with music. And it's like, that's great. But I just really appreciate people who 
can sing and have a well-developed vocal range and can story um, tell in their in their songs and in their lyrics. And also, like, I realized that at least a lot of the, the rap that I was falling on or the not conscious rap because conscious rap is different, but I'm just talking, just think like Meg the Stallion, Cardi B, uh, Sweetie, Lil Baby, like just all these artists that are doing um, exceptionally right now. I can't, there it is. There's the bark. I'll be right back. Apologies. My mom has a caregiver who comes to, to the house and Nala was just letting us all know that they have arrived. But essentially what I wanted to say was that I don't want to listen to music that doesn't make me feel something I can't relate to or or, the, or that tries to make me feel something I can't relate to. And I also don't want to listen to music glorifying a lifestyle that I currently don't live in and I'm not aspiring to live in. That's also why I don't really follow a lot of celebrities online, uh, except for Twitter, because Twitter, it's fun because you can like hear, not hear their thoughts, but you can like see their random thoughts and they just like, I feel talk, uh, have more like connections with their fans on a conversational level but like on instagram i don't need to see you stunting with like 17 necklaces on that i'm never going to like that my life is never going to amount to that because even if i could afford those 17 diamond necklaces i would probably just buy land and make a farm for myself and my community so all that to say i think i'm fully accepting the fact that i have become my parents because they don't make music like they used to i'll tell you that much but it's time to uh recap and catch up with t aka me uh, honestly this shift that i've been in for a while where i'm really just focusing more on this podcast because it truly is my passion project has been just monumental and and it's brought a sense of peace to me. I, I feel like I can now focus on one thing and then just see how I can expand from that one thing being the podcast, obviously. And I'm still recording in my new content room space, which I'm super happy about. I've also started to do like offline Saturdays. So on Saturdays, I will not be at least on Instagram, I might check in on Twitter, but I try my best to like let Saturdays really just be as offline as possible, which is helping me get back into my reading, which is something I've been wanting to do for so long. So it's just exciting that like all these little intentional steps I'm taking, I can finally like feel the positive impact of it, which is exciting. And I just want to share some of that positivity with you folks as well. I also started my Sunday story sessions. I'm going to find a name eventually for that or maybe not, who cares, but I'm going to be on my stories on Instagram every Sunday, unless I forget, unless I don't want to, or unless I'm busy, of course, but with some random, just random content no one asks for, because I feel like, why not? Like, why not just be a fool online in hopes of making other folks smile? I don't know, but hey, that's me. Anyways, I'm speaking real, real fast because I want to get to this <laughs> And this next segment, what we eating? Hey, what we eating? Kesko mange. Hey, kesko mange. Are bilingual? Are they bilingual? But anyways, today, and a few of you might get this joke, but today I am eating breakfast. <laughs> oh my god, the dogs just jumped up. Okay, so yes, I am eating breakfast, and I love. A classic breakfast like whenever I go out for brunch and stuff 
I always am tempted by waffles and pancakes because those are things that I really love when they're made from scratch and like why not have someone cook that for you but nothing beats the classic egg toast and whatever your breakfast meat is and today we got some scrambled eggs which I know y'all have seen on my Instagram stories my scrambled egg game is unmatched. Hashtag thank you the Food Network. Hashtag I be listening. Hashtag let me know if you want me to show you how to make the perfect fluffy scrambled eggs. Because to be honest, like a lot of people think they can make eggs, but y'all stay overcooking eggs. Because one thing that I definitely learned from the Food Network is that eggs only have two colors. White or clear when you break the egg white, but there's the egg white and there's the yolk, which is yellow. Those are the two colors. Your eggs should not be brown. There should be no brown on your eggs, okay? And some of y'all say you you wanna make like scrambled eggs, but you literally are making gravel out of eggs. The little like peppercorn seed looking scramble. It looks like ground meat almost, but an egg version. That is not what scrambled eggs should look like. Anyways, I digress. So I got my scrambled eggs. I got my bacon. And I also have some oat bread, which is really interesting. A little crunchy poo for you there with the oat bread. And of course, I have some water. So this is also going to be your reminder to drink some. I want to make sure you're staying hydrated. Especially for your skin during the winter months. Anywho. Listen. This is excellent. My dogs are looking at me because they're like, hey girl, what's that bacon saying? But anyways, um, so I'm so excited that I was able to connect with another guest. Um, her name is Michelle Blue, and I will be stitching in the conversation right here for all of you folks to tune in. I hope that this resonates with you, and I'll see you on the flip side, beautiful souls. Yes, I will. Awesome. So we are recording and I am very excited to virtually be able to finally connect with our next guest, who is Michelle Blue. So Michelle, if you wanted to come on and say hello to the people, now's your time. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about our conversation. Me too. And it's a good one. I can tell you that right now, folks, we've been coordinating uh, this or like building this conversation out for, I feel like is a couple months accurate. Cause I feel like you and I have been. <laughs> well, it probably took me a couple of months. I would say from our first interaction, from our first email. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's been a time, you know, yeah. um, but once we got connected, we made it happen fast. Yeah, true. We did. And it's a timely conversation. But before we get into it, can you tell the folks, like, who is Michelle Blue? What is it that you do for work? What are your passions? Mm -hmm. You know, that's always such a lot of questions. Like, who is Michelle Blue? And like, versus like the things that we do, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I guess I like to think of myself as, you know, um, a loving spirit, a light um I don't know, just genuine human being, right? And so, like, I pray that is, like, that's who I am. And I pray that's, like, what shows up and is reflected in my work. Um, and so my work, I actually have a talk show, The Journey with Blue, where I support women in taking the leap and stepping into their power to create the life and business of their dreams. And so I do that through conversations that I lead with other, you know, experts and um 
some of the top entrepreneurs in the country, but as well as coaching women and supporting them actually doing the work and seeing their dreams come to reality, come to life. Amazing. And where are you located? Because you did say uh, in the country and I was like, "Mm, I know we ain't in the same one, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes, we are not in the same country. Um, So I am in the U.S. Um, so right now I'm in Atlanta, COVID has brought me back home to Atlanta. Um, but I'm usually in New York. So I'm like counting down the months until I get back to the city. Oh, nice. Are you, um, are you like excited to get into any specific projects when you get back to New York or are you just like going to take it, take it in? Well, I think the first step is just like getting back to life, like having this whole like almost two year hiatus that the Mm. pandemic brought us um, was obviously not expected. So unforeseen. And so I was like, I'm going to be starting over from scratch. So it's like getting my apartment back. Like I gave away so much of my clothes. Like I don't have any furniture. So like (laughs) that is like the first project. It's like, okay, girl, get your life in order. Like get your life back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's always other projects. Like I'll be shooting the fourth season of the Journey with Blue in New York as well. So, like, those are some of the, the top things on my list. Awesome. And you mentioned that what your work is like, I guess, centered around, or a major part of it is just talking to women and looking at like when's the time to take the leap. Um, so, like, can you speak more to that? And like, what is this? metaphorical leap that we're probably um like thinking about yeah and you know what I started using take the leap because that was what so many people were like how they were asking me the question right like how did you know when to take the leap or how are you taking the leap and it comes up a lot in entrepreneurial conversations specifically when people have a dream or a vision and they're kind of like stuck they're like well how do I get to the other side? Like, how do I actually make this real? And so, um, you know, that's what I support women in doing. And I think a lot of times people come to me because of the leaps that I've taken in my life, right? Some bigger leaps, which I'm sure we'll get into, but like the first one, immediately after college, I started my first business full time. So people are automatically like, what? Like, that's kind of crazy. And I did this years ago, almost 10, I want to say almost 10 years ago, but some time ago, I won't age myself that much. But, you know, before, like, there were as many people talking about entrepreneurship and before it was like, kind of like, you know, all through our timeline on Instagram type of situation. Um, So people automatically gravitate towards me for that. But also because like, I always try to be real about what this really looks like. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like paint this gloss over picture of like, oh, I took the leap, I started my business, and then I was a millionaire after. You know, like yeah. everything looks perfect after because that's not my reality, you know. And so I try to, like I said, through love, through transparency, share like, okay, well, these are some of the lessons, these were the failures, the sacrifice, what this really looks like instead of. You know, at some at one point there was like, you know, you can only show the highlights on social media. It's hard to share the grit and the grind. Yeah. Right. So yes, you can go on my page and people following me, yeah, they saw like the photo shoots in New York. So people following me, they could easily see 
you know, me going to New York Fashion Week or different photo shoots or traveling back to Ghana, you know, to celebrate the graduation of the girls who started the business to support, you know, so it was like, yes, those things were glamorous and fun, but that was like 2% of like <laughs> what the journey looked like, you know, so I'm like, mm-hmm. um, I think it's so important that I was able to share, okay, well, what is the day to day, right? What are the days when I don't know what to do and the days when I get more no's than yeses or the days when, you know, I go for the contract and I don't get it or I'm trying to figure out, well, how do I make the money? You know, how do I make all this make sense? Um, and so I think that was something, you know, why I was grab- I was drawn to actually sharing with people about the week. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's nice to hear like you said, a real perspective. It's nice to hear that. And it's also refreshing because I think even with the stories we see online or like the the trends and stuff we see online, a lot of it is this idea that everything is instant. Like instant gratification is what like society has like grown to, I guess, accept as, as normal, but also this idea that it's instant. Today, I'm going to post. Tomorrow, I'm going to go viral. Day three, I'm going to be famous. And day four, I'm in LA, like living my best influencer life. And that's really not the case. And especially when it comes to just trying to figure out what your presence online or what your presence or your purpose in the world might look like. One thing that I've started really leaning into is this idea that you don't, you shouldn't prepare to get ready. You should just kind of dive into it and, and figure it out as you go, because you, at least from my perspective, I've noticed that while you're trying to figure out how to do things, a lot of the time, yes, planning is important, but I sometimes have used planning as like a crutch, like, well, I don't know what to do next. So I'm going to make sure that I have everything I can like think of in order before I actually just like you say, take the leap and and do it. Um, But when you do have these conversations with, with women and, and you talk about getting started on like their dreams or just leveling up, however that might look like for them, are there any themes that you see like across the board or are there any like similar stories or ways of thinking that you um, have come across that you're like, wow, like I'm really doing um, like the work that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think first off, I think everyone should have that conversation and I continuously have to rehab the conversation with myself. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is something, and I've been, like I said, been doing this for almost 10 years. And it's still like, I'm so ready to hit them, you know, <laughs> ready to hit and live, like you said, and to go viral and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's really, you cannot go into this for that. Yeah. You know, I mean, of course, that's going to be a byproduct mm-hmm. of, you know, your creation and your consistency and the person that you become along the journey. But that cannot be your ultimate only reason, mm-hmm. right? If that's the case, like you won't survive Mm -hmm. because like I said, I was like, the no's are so much greater. The failures are so much greater. It takes so much more time to get there. Right. The Mm -hmm. sacrifices are too huge, too big, too felt that if you don't have a stronger why, then, you know, like the success, like just the thought of like, okay, I just want to be famous just to be famous and no impact, you know, like that's just, 
that won't get you through the journey, right? That mm-hmm. won't get you past your first leap, but it also won't get you past taking the multiple leaps that it takes for you to actually win mm-hmm. and to dream all the way through. Mm-hmm. And do you notice like a difference between this idea of wanting a presence online or an impact online versus like one offline or one with like real folks that you might and like come like connect with like you and I right now this is although we did connect through like online um like media we did eventually actually connect this way on this zoom call but there do you see like maybe some folks um how can I phrase this like some folks don't necessarily see how we can translate our impact online into like real world change um because I know like myself I'm guilty also speaking from a place of ignorance that like it's easy to get wrapped up in this like idea of how many likes how many followers how many reshares do you have but at the end of the day when you go to bed how many people's hearts did you actually touch um so like do you have any thoughts on on that (laughs) that is so real and I can speak you know from that like on like from a firsthand account because you know obviously I'm creating content through my show and you're creating things because you, you do want it to be seen, right? Mm-hmm. You want like the, the numbers to be high. You, de- you definitely want the reach to be there. Right. And it's like, yes. and Erica Badu is like, I'm an artist and, and I'm sensitive <laughs> about my shit. You know, you feel like you're connected to what you're creating and what you're putting out. And so when I first started this season, um, the third season, um, of the journey with blue, you know, of course I wanted to come out with like a big bang and I want thousands and thousands of people to watch the show and tuned in and subscribe. And I think the first two weeks, and I mean, I still have a really great community and I'm super blessed to have them. So I'm not to diminish that, but, um, I didn't get the thousands of views that I had wanted, you know, that mm-hmm. I had vision. And it really started to take a toll on me, right? Because again, if you're an artist, you're creating this and you're sensitive about the art that you create, then you start thinking that it's a reflection on you. You know, mm-hmm. you start thinking like, well, what did I not do right? Or am I equipped to do this? Or whatever the case may be. You know, we all have like the thoughts that pop up in our head. And so all of that starts like coming up for me. And I really had to step back and like take a break and really reflect and think through, you know, obviously my why, you know, why do I do this work? I'm not doing it just for the numbers. And so Mm -hmm. again, that grounds me. But second, when we think about impact, it's like, okay, I haven't reached, you know, tens of thousands of people yet, but the people that I have reached, I've gotten some of the most heartfelt messages from this season. (laughs) of people that I know, but people that I don't know who have mm-hmm. just like stumbled across the show or things that I'm putting out on social. And they're like, wow, like I needed this right now. Or like this message got me through X, Y, and Z. Or, you know, like I could feel, you know, your passion, your love, your energy through the screen. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay. Like, again, when we talk about impact, that weighs so much heavier in life in numbers right Mm -hmm. it made it real this is a human who is having a real experience and real transformation through something that I was able to put out into the world Mm -hmm. 
And it's like, okay, that's my grounding. That's my why. And that's what's going to keep me, you know, doing this work. That's going to keep me creating season four and supporting and coaching more women and making sure that my voice is still heard and it will be heard and amplified over time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we all be caught up. It's yeah. Up, right? Yeah. We all be caught up, myself included. We do. We do. Especially, I feel like it's been easier to get caught up too, because we have been all confined at home in COVID and you're just like everything, you're hyper aware, hyper sensitive, hyper, just hyper everything. Um, But I think it's a perfect place to like transition into how do we navigate all the feelings that you go through when you're trying to create content you said figure out your why and and stay true to it even um how do we navigate setting boundaries and also accepting failures as part of the process or like kind of looking at failures as moments of opportunity as opposed to something that could hold you back it's maybe something that's about to push you uh forward so what would you or like are there any tips and tricks that you have for the audience when it comes to uh, just navigating the hardships Tara, like you're reading a story, right? Like you're reading <laughs> because you can't go for anything great and not expect failure. Mm. You know, and I always say, if you're not failing, then you're not going big enough. Oh, that's and nice. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yes, that's quotable. Okay? You're not failing. You're not going big enough. You're showing your level of comfort, right? You're not stretching. You're not reaching another level of possibility that's available to you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, as I say, I, I share my story and I try to be as transparent in my story. And, um, and in that, there has been failure after failure after failure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can always look at failure and redefine that as like, you know, a lesson um, and realize like, what is this moment supposed to teach me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so with my previous business, this is a good example of real life failure. <laughs> like this is not just theory that I am teaching to people because people are like, this is hard, right? And it is. Um, but with my first business, so like I said, immediately after college, I launched um, Benet, which was my first business, a luxury scarf company, where we were committed to sponsoring tuition, books, supplies, and uniform for girls in Ghana to continue their education. Yeah. And so started this, again, no clue. I'm like, what, 22, just graduating college? Like, mm-hmm. who are you to start a business, right? <laughs> but, you know, I set out on that path. I took that leap. And, you know, um, I was able to grow it over the years and I, I learned a lot. We had some really great successes. Um, we were named Matchable's Top Black on Businesses Changing the World, um, was featured in Southern Living, um, Black Enterprise, Ethnic Holiday Gift Guide. Oh my gosh. Um, I did a TED Talk sharing my story. I went back to Ghana to celebrate the graduation of the girls who started the business to support. Um, and so again, these are all the things that I can show on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. The, the highs that the people can see. And, you know, again, are my reality. But also something that happened was that um, we were doing, we had gotten to the point where we were custom designing our own fabric. 
Okay. And we had outsourced our silk printing. So now we had, you know, built the company. We were silk printing overseas in China. And long story short, we had gotten to the point where we had gotten a new, like, purchase of fabric in. And as I'm reconciling how much fabric we paid for and how much fabric we had on hand, I realized that we were significantly short of the fabric that we had purchased. Um, and I mean, there's so much technicalities in this as well, but the fabric that was lost that we did not receive and that we had paid for would have been a projected almost $40,000 of revenue for our company. Oh my goodness. Right. That's like someone's salary for the year. (laughs) This is what I I even share on the show. I said, you know, so at the time now I'm in my mid twenties going through this and I was like, you know, a $40,000 loss, it's like, yes, like that's a a huge hit financially. Like I said, that's a lot of money for 25-year-olds to lose. But Mm -hmm. anyone in general, like you said, that's almost someone's full salary. So there is a hit financially, but it's also a hit to your ego, Mm. right? Because after that, you know, like we just transitioned out of the business. And so that was a loss. That was a failure, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that I went through and it was such an emotional time because it does hurt. Mm-hmm. And then you do go back through that cycle of, am I supposed to do this? Mm-hmm. Or if, because my business failed, am I a failure, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was, a, a, it took me a lot of time and like reflection and awareness to kind of, come out of that phase and again, be able to look at it as a lesson and also realize that this failure didn't define me. And it also didn't have to be the end of me. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's always the choice. So it's not like, Oh, okay. The failure is inevitable. The failure is always going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's $40,000, $4,000, or $100,000, the failure is inevitable but it's all in how will you choose to respond to it, mm-hmm. right? You get to choose that narrative, right? And so it's like, will it be a, a period or will it just be a comma? And you get to continue to write what it is, continue to write that dream and live that dream now. I think we found the episode title, period or comma. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> so that resonated with me, but I do definitely agree that when it comes to that initial shock and moment, the defining moment is how you choose to react to it. Uh, If at all, of course, but how you choose to react to it and how you choose to then use that to dictate what you're going to, or inform, I should say, what you're going to do, what you're going to do next. So for you, after um, that you transitioned out of that business and like you kind of sat with that or maybe just reflected and just kind of figured out what you would want to do next did you approach your um, journey any differently or did you think like okay well I'm gonna try this exact same business all over again or were you done with it because that's um, another thing that I think is like I'm learning as I just explore creating and just connecting with more folks is that I don't have to necessarily be tied to an idea 
forever. I should be tied to an idea for as long as it serves me. And then it's okay to like move on to something else. So for you, were you like, I'm going to try and go back into like working with fabrics and that industry again, or were you like, no, I'm going to take the lessons I learned and then apply it to something else. Yeah. You know, and that's all relative, right? So everyone, um, you know, dream, their dream, their vision, what they're taught to do is different. And so, um, for me to say like, oh, well, you, you give up on that idea is I can't tell you to do that, right? Because sometimes it really is a seed planted in you and it's up to you to bring that specific thing to life, mm-hmm. right? Even in the face of the failure. For me, um, I was able to transition out of that business and create something else. But one thing that I am, like one thing that has stayed the constant is my why, Right. And so, and this is, and I didn't even realize this until I started coaching other women is that through everything that I've created, my why is still the same, Mm. right? And so one thing I've realized is that in every business that my why has been the same, right? Even when I look back to college, like before I had started a business and just had like a nonprofit that I was Mm -hmm. doing um, in like a local school, my why was the same. With Benet, with supporting the girls, you know, and going to um, and receiving their education. Now with the journey with Blue and even some of the other projects that I still do is really helping people step into their potential, right? Mm. And be able to live the life that's available to them, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the constant. And so we go back to it. It can't be for the life. It can't just be for... um, I know the validation and the money, mm-hmm. but it's like my why is such a driving force is that regardless of what it looks like, I know that I'm bringing that into the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so it, it just depends. Everyone's different. Um, for me, I was able to transition into something else, but some people, it is something very specific that like has been placed in them that they have to bring forth into the world. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to like your why, do like, how would you assist someone in like, I guess, defining that without giving away too much of your business, but like, uh, how would you assist someone in like defining that? Or would you also say that someone's why might also become clearer the more they like, embark on a dream or something maybe they're going to be able to really figure out their why or have you know been in instances where you've been working with someone where they thought their why was something but then if they look back at all the projects and ideas that they brought to life they're probably like oh I thought my why was this but it's actually this instead you know and this is something I do this exercise with everyone that I work with because like I said I do think you should have this grounding um Mm -hmm. even I remember years ago with Simon Sinek's TED Talk was start with why, you know? And so um, that is one of the foundational things that I bring all my clients to. And, you know, I think, you know, when you're talking to people and you ask them what's their why, you know, they're very quick with giving off like what they think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always like, you know, you have to detach from your head, like from your mind and your thoughts and really move to your heart. Mm -hmm. And I think, once you get heart centered and really dig deep 
is that's how you usually strike the chord to your why. You know, mm-hmm. the why is usually very emotional, right? The why is usually going to like I find I typically always get to tears when I really dig deep on my why. Right? Mm-hmm. So um, you know, what people are telling you is their why, yes, that is a part of their why. It's just a low, very surface level version of that. And for me, I get excited to be able to kind of, you know, dig deeper, right? Kind of excavate and get some of those things out the way so that we can truly see at the core of it, why is it that you have this dream? Why is it that you have this vision? And why is it you that has mm-hmm. to bring it to the world? Mm, awesome. And can you speak more to like the services that you offer? Like plug yourself here for the folks who might <laughs> want to reach out, like plug yourself, what you, what you could do for yeah. us, girl. Um, so I love this work, right? And so this is obviously something that I have lived and thoroughly, mm-hmm. like I've taken the leap and been able to create some really amazing results in my life and for people around me. Um, but I also have gone through formalized coaching training so that I can support people um, in, in a deeper way as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, as we talk about taking leaps and being bold in your, in your life, that's something that specifically I support women with. Because so many times we are so in our head, right, whether it's around the fears, the limiting beliefs of who we think we are or what we think we're capable of. And so I help you get out of your head and get you into action. And mm-hmm. so I have a program called Take the Leap with Blue, where we do just that. And it's a three-month intensive. And I always say, if you are trying to, like, get some soft coaching or, you know, some light work, this is not for you, right? <laughs> this is, like, a three-month intensive where you are required to get uncomfortable. You are required to move with urgency. And you're required to face some of your biggest fears, right? Mm-hmm. And so to do that is, is a lot of introspective work because how you show up on the outside world is only a reflection of how you're showing up in your inner world, right? Mm-hmm. So how you're showing up to yourself first and foremost. And so this is transformation. It is spiritual. It's mindset. It's success driven, you know, and so it's all of that so that you can shift on the inside so that you can show up for yourself and um, create impact in the world that's bigger than you've ever had before. Wow. Beautiful. And when you say success, is it success based off of what that person yeah, is looking for? Right? Yeah. It's the thing is, it's like success for, you know, for you is completely different than success for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, so when I say success, we're sharing success principles that mm-hmm. just work, right? Success mindset and spiritual principles that are universal and will work regardless of what it is that you actually want to do. Right? Awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, if you want, you can also share where we can, we can find you uh, as well, or, or where we would go to uh, sign up or check out this uh, three month intensive course. Yes. Um, so, of course, people can find me on social media on Instagram at Blue, um, as well as on my website at thejourneywithblue.com. And that is the hub where you can find more information and get um, more details about the program. 
awesome. And I will be sure to include both of those in the description box so folks can have easy access and they can just click from the episode and find you right away. But since you said it's intensive, I get the vibe that you like to give action items and homework. So was there any action items or takeaways that you wanted to share with the listeners today so that they can just either reflect after uh, listening to the episode or just actually um, take action on something or go somewhere to learn a little bit more? Yeah. And, you know, I say intensive um, just because it is, it's kind of a leave it pieces at the door type of situation. Okay. Right? Because you're coming into this knowing that you want to see results. And we all have limitations, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's mental limitations, um, you know, physical limitations, whatever the case may be. But we all have to work past those limitations. And so it's not an environment where, like, it's supportive and it's loving, but it's not for you to, like, be coddled. And if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. <laughs> so it's a place where you're going to be held to your highest. And so mm-hmm. that's what makes it an intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess that's always the takeaway, or not always the takeaway, but I think that is a key takeaway is to think about, you know, what are the limitations? Like, what is it that's keeping you from going for your dreams? Mm-hmm. And so there was this quote, which I love. And it says, if you fight for your limitations, you'll keep them. Mm. We all have limitless potential and limitless possibilities. And so that's the importance of this community and this program is because, again, we step into limitless possibilities despite the limitations that we all have. Thank you so much for joining us today. I wanted to also hold some space in case there was anything else on your heart, mind, or on your spirit that you wanted to share. Um, It could be obviously with the flow of the conversation we've been going, but even if it's like you've been watching a TV show and you need to talk to someone about it, just not insecure because I have not started the last season yet. I don't know if you start. I have not. It's okay. Not- I, was, I, thought, I thought you were going to be like, girl, how did you not start yet? Cause that's the reaction I get from everyone. And it's because I'm waiting for someone to catch up so okay. we can start season five together. That's so. respectful. That's <laughs> respectful. And if that is like your significant other, you know, I saw something that was like, you know, watching, um, you know, watching a show without that you started with your partner is like cheating. And I was no. like, that's intense. <laughs> I kind of get what you're saying um, because there's definitely shows or things that like I watch with my boyfriend and like, ping, like, I wish I could go ahead and like <laughs> take it too long. I'm ready to see what happens next. Exactly. Um, but it's like, no, nah, I'm going to stay. I'm going to wait for you. And yeah. I, you know, I get that. Um, but I haven't watched this fourth season either. I need to, I need to get on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited, but like sad because I also feel like once I start, then I know it's coming to a close. But yeah, but I know there's going to be excellent ESA content in the future, anyways. So there's that to look up to. Yeah, I am looking forward to see what she creates. I was actually on a call um, the other day talking to a friend because she also creates content, and you know we're in these journeys of prayerfully getting our content picked up by network. 
Mm. And, you know, so now this is when I pet peeves. It's like, you know, I'm talking to people and they're like, oh, yeah, like your YouTube, like your YouTube show. And I'm like, no, I do not have a YouTube show. I have a talk show. Right. There's a distinction. Um, But she was like, um, so we're both like in this journey of, you know, wanting and envisioning our shows to get picked up for networks, whether it's Mm -hmm. like the Hulu or Netflix or own, you Mm -hmm. know, for example. Um, but she said, you know, Issa would crawl so that we could fly, you know? Yeah. And she really did, like, set this trajectory of it's possible to go from YouTube to HBO. Or what is she on? HBO. Yeah, to HBO. Mm-hmm. With right? an official HBO uh, podcast, Insecure T, to, like, an official after show. And she even did her full-on insecure fest which is like apparently like that was like the first black executive producer or something that had the biggest festival in that area like she essentially brought her vision to like isa on the show she brought her vision to life but to think that there's an insecure fest like there what you can even have a festival for your show after so right there's levels to this right and so it's so great to see other women other black women who are like taking charge or paving the way because it's like I can do that you know Mm -hmm. it's so inspirational to be able to see it and I think this is so our moment right this is a time that we have to capitalize on um and so yeah so that's the space that I'm in I'm just excited I'm so thankful I'm so grounded um it's been crazy like I said I'm ready to get back to New York but it's been such a blessed two years Mm -hmm. you know during the pandemic well almost two years that it's just like you know I received this time well I think that's an excellent note to end on I wanted to thank you again so much for joining us uh, today I like I said I'll include all your information in the description box and I hope all of you were able to pick up a few gems from that conversation with Michelle Blue. Now that said, I still want to hold some space for my petty wop this time around. And this might be an interesting one to a few of you folks, but for me, it's, I'm getting tired of like people saying like, you don't want to burn that bridge or like careful about burning bridges for a few reasons. Number one, I could swim. You know, I'm blessed in that I can float I know how to do a little doggy paddle, you know, a little backstroke. I know how to swim. If we look at it that way, then hey. And also, what, hypothetically speaking, so let's say like I'm on this bridge or I'm crossing this bridge, right? And I get pushed off. Isn't that the same thing? Like, because how am I going to get back up on the bridge? Is there a guarantee that I'd be rescued and then get back up on that bridge? Or if that bridge was burnt anyways, I would still be in the same predicament. And like, what if I didn't start the fire? What if I am on a bridge or I, I'm going to use a bridge and then I see it combust? I just see it go up in flames. There are so many other things that could happen to this bridge that I feel like. And also, like, what if I really like my land so I don't even need to use that bridge to get onto another land? I think the point <laughs> I'm trying to make is like, I don't like when what ifs and fear is just used to stall people or keep them where they are in life because who knows I might not even return to that bridge whether it was burnt down or not all that to say 
I'm over it. I don't like really hearing that one. And uh, I just wanted to thank everyone for your continuous support with my podcast. I can't thank you enough. I'm so excited for uh, the conversations that are coming. I'm so excited for the additional projects that I have coming. And other than that, I just wish you all the best. Make sure that you say something kind to your bodies. Make sure that you also, I don't know, give yourself a hug. Just give yourself a hug. Close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths and just appreciate the now. Be grateful for it. And I will see you on the flip side. (laughs) The Grammy performance. No one, no one knew they needed. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in. And I can't wait until we get to chat next time. Until then, apparently I'm not done with this bridge thing. What if I actually want to burn it? What if I want to cut off that negative energy and completely remove access from it like to my life? I guess what I was trying to say is I hate when that saying is used so people can just continue to tolerate negative energy and toxic people and situations to be in their life. Alia, don't forget to love off yourself now. Okay, bye.